Welcome to another episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. This is part two of the Q&A that we posted for you guys on our Instagram page. And this is Doug Hainer. And I'm Jamie Otis. And you guys are not shy with your questions. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. And we are not shy with our answers. No, I mean, I don't think it really matters. We're just obviously wide open books over here. And I think that for me, I always have been because I feel like when I was younger, I kind of hid like the fact that I grew up in a trailer park and my mom was a drug addict and I had custody of my siblings. I was very ashamed of all of that. And when I finally like just spoke my truth, it really wasn't until like I was talking to the experts for Merit at First Sight. That's a whole long story. But yeah. I was on The Bachelor first and I was really secretive about just the way I grew up and having custody of my siblings and all that jazz. Did they want to make that like a backstory? They did make it a backstory. And I don't know. I heard through the grapevine that they had big plans. Like if he didn't end up choosing me, that maybe I would have been one of the bachelorettes. Not even kidding. But I never shared that with them because I just didn't feel comfortable. And so regardless of all of that, I still was very shy. And of course, eventually it came out on TV anyways, because they did a backstory with me at my trailer. So of course it came out. But what made me feel comfortable and what really inspires me to be so open and honest is that when I did share all of that on TV, of course, it was bittersweet for me. But it's like when you share your truths and you just own them, it's like such a weight gets lifted off your shoulders, you know, and like then I had moved to New York City soon after that. And this little girl came up to me on the subway and she said something about that she saw The Bachelor and are you really Jamie Otis from The Bachelor? And I was like, yeah. And she said, you know, I really want to be a nurse. You're so inspiring. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. Inspiring? It sounds silly, but it really, really affected me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what this little girl goes through herself day in and day out. Like what part of my story inspired her? I have no idea. But It was something about the home life. And I was like, okay, so I need to share more about it because if I could inspire little girls, any girl, it really like touched my heart. And so I decided that I was going to start being really open and honest about who I am. And let me tell you, when you start like just owning your quote unquote flaws, it just, it is who you are. A weight gets lifted off your shoulders and you can just be yourself. And it's amazing. As a little girl, you inspire me. Thank you, Douglas. I say that all the time though. You are such a little girl. (laughs) Thank you. You don't take my story seriously, but it really did have like a huge impact on me. This little girl on the subway that I actually like made a difference or it seemed like I made a difference in her life. It happens way more than you think. You know, when we were out and about and not home quarantined, you know, we love meeting you guys. And yeah, yeah, every time it's so many relatable stories and a lot of people are going through the same thing. And hopefully we create some comfort and a little community, which was kind of the whole idea behind Hot Marriage Cool Parents was to build up a family. Yeah. And it's really nice that you guys come every week and hang with us. And anyways, I guess the whole point of that story is just if you feel like you have flaws that you're trying to hide, maybe speak up about them. It's very, very scary to do that. But let me tell you when you do, and it doesn't have to be so publicly like I do it, but even just to like a close friend or, you know, your parents or whoever, it really lifts the weights off your shoulders. And then sometimes they come to you and say, hey, listen, I'm dealing with the same thing. I didn't know you were going through that too. And then you have a support system. And that's like kind of what I experienced through sharing my truth. So anyways, that's why we're wide open books and you can ask us anything and we'll answer them. And the first question, no joke, like the number one question is about our sex life and we're going to answer it. But first, I want to be sure to give our five-star reviewer a shout out every single week we do this because we absolutely appreciate you 
taking the time. You know, it's not lost on us that you have to actually go to our podcast and hit the review and then <laughs> put the five stars in. And honestly, it means a lot to us. So thank Very you so much. So. And obviously she knows we're doing a Q&A because her review is just a question. <laughs> and I'm right. like, that's a really good way to get your question answered is put a five star review on the podcast. That's right. This comes from thank you 50 who says, will you be doing a home birth for your future pregnancies? Take care, Lori. And I believe she's directing that question to me. So I will say that <laughs> I am leaving it up to Jamie. It's really funny that that's her question because like there's two number one questions that came in time and time again. And it was basically what's going on with our sex life <laughs> now that we're six weeks postpartum. And also if we would have a home birth or not. I mean, that question has come up countless times. And so to answer your question, I would want to start off by saying that I think hospital births and home births are both great for different reasons. But for me personally, my experience with the hospital birth was very zen because my epidural worked. I knew every staff there because I worked at this hospital. So I knew everybody. I felt very comfortable. Obviously, I'm a labor and delivery nurse, so I knew exactly what was going on. And it was just zen. It was the most peaceful delivery with my daughter. And for the home birth, I definitely had a little bit more anxiety going because I felt like... You felt everything. Well, yeah, because I felt everything. Well, there was that. But like, <laughs> also just if God forbid something happened to him, there is not somebody or equipment right there. But on the flip side, I really trusted my body and I really trusted my midwife. And I knew that like if anything was to go wrong, my midwife wasn't just going to be like, oh, but it's not kosher to go to the hospital because you know you have a midwife and we're doing a home birth like she was adamant that we had like a backup plan and so I think if you have the right midwife and the right support and if you know that you want to be able to feel everything because you will and it's going to be painful <laughs> and if you want that I mean no joke I ended up wanting that and it was a really miraculous thing to feel all of that pain. And it was to, a rite of passage for women, as they put it. I don't really like that term, though, because I don't think that you have to have an unmedicated home birth to have this rite of passage into womanhood or into like being a mom. No, I know. I think that was just one of the parts to help get mentally prepared. You know, like this is your right. You know, this is something that is for women. Yeah, I guess I always thought the rite of passage meant that after you conquered this, then it's almost like you get into the frat house or something. <laughs> Is that what that means? No, I, I think it's more directed towards someone that's thinking about a home birth and looking for that thing to get them over that edge of saying, okay, yeah, I'm comfortable with this, is just looking at it in a different way. Like when you prepare for battle you go into it with a certain mindset. And I think that that message is geared towards getting mentally prepared for this and feeling comfortable with this and feeling as though this is your right. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, home birth, we wouldn't even be talking about a home birth if there wasn't a coronavirus. Yeah. So I guess to be very honest, I think that they're both amazing. Would I do a home birth again? Honestly, absolutely. I would 100% want to be able to have the euphoria that comes with an unmedicated birth. And then the fact that I could just climb into my own bed. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no joke. While my midwife is stitching up my hoo-ha, my husband, well, I'm doing skin to skin with the baby, but then Doug grabs Hendrix and gets to cuddle him. And, yeah. Whereas like, honestly, at a hospital, and I know because I'm a nurse. And so every hospital I've worked at and like my experience with delivery at a hospital is that 
you know, you want the mom to do skin to skin as long as possible. But a lot of times if they need to be stitched up, it's difficult for them to just do skin to skin, especially if they didn't have an epidural. So inevitably, then the baby ends up going away from the mom and skin to skin is so important. For those of you who don't realize like what kangaroo care is or skin to skin, it's just where the baby's naked, the mom's chest is naked or dad's chest is naked. And it really comforts your baby. It helps you bond. And I don't know, I just the bonding experience after having a home birth there's nothing like it. I can only compare it with my daughter, Gracie. And obviously she, I like loved her, wanted her so badly, but I did not feel like I genuinely was in love with her the way that have been in love with my son the moment he popped out of me. Like, so to me that euphoric feeling and the love that I got from having an unmedicated birth and the science behind it is that an epidural, it really does obviously numb the nerve endings and whatnot. And so therefore it could maybe like knock off those receptors from feeling, and this is so much science and maybe it's like boring, but the epidural can hinder the fact that you will have this bond with your baby immediately. And I think that it truly did for me. And I will take all the pain in the world to be able to feel that love with my baby again. Like I can't explain how good that feels. I cannot even put it in words. So a hundred percent home birth for me, but I don't judge you if you're like girlfriend, go for it, but I'm going to get the prize either way. I'm getting the baby either way and I'm taking the pain medicine. I think a lot of people are in that camp and for guys, you know, just do your research. That's all. Yeah, hundred percent. And also I really am a big fan now of doulas. <laughs> I got to tell you, I really wasn't before. Cause I was like, what do you need a doula for? Like <laughs> you have your midwife, you got your husband, you got like another support person, usually like a mom or someone, but doulas are awesome. I'm going to actually have a doula on the podcast to kind of explain more about that. But on to the next question that you guys are so desperate yeah. to know about, which is our sex life. <laughs> you know what though? I kind of like the name Doug the doula. I uh, think that's a book in the making. You were kind of like my doula. Doug the doula with the magic thumb. You're just out of control. (laughs) (laughs) You were kind of like my doula though, because I didn't have one. And I was like, Doug, (laughs) he wasn't allowed to leave my side. But moving on to our sex life and (laughs) your guys' curiosity about that. So essentially, not going to lie, this is going to come as like a big shocker. The whole time we were pregnant, I think we had sex maybe three times. Yep. The whole entire time we were pregnant. I know for sure we had sex twice. Yeah. But like I was early, early on, just well, because of what happened like, with Jonathan. And yeah. Losing, you know, after losing a baby while you're pregnant, you don't want anything to happen. You don't, and, you know, they say that it's normal, but there was a sense of standoffishness or I guess just anxiety with not wanting to harm anything. Yeah. And honestly, science has proven that like having sex while you're pregnant is not harming the baby in any way, shape, or form. But it also causes bleeding. And the biggest anxiety for me while I'm pregnant is bleeding because that's what happened when I was pregnant with Jonathan is it was just started off with small spotting and then it slowly increased and then it completely disappeared and it was just all a mind F for a lack of better words. And so if you have sex while you're pregnant, nine times out of 10, you're going to bleed afterwards because your vascular system is so much more pronounced down there at that time. And so I just didn't want to deal with that. And then also they do say, obviously sperm does help kind of, if you're in preterm labor, they definitely tell you not to have sex because sperm definitely helps encourage like you going into labor. So like, I just didn't want, I just was like, no, thank you. Like, I don't want to have any issues. And then towards the end, I'm like, nothing's going inside my vagina. Like, yeah, I just felt so uncomfortable and whatnot. But your latest doctor appointment came back with some very good news. Yeah. So the doctor's appointment came back that 
this is probably TMI, but I have a cyst in my vagina. It's a very, very small one, but there is something not right down there after this baby. And I know that he was nine pounds and four ounces. So of course I tore to pieces and mm-hmm. I know that that can be normal though. Inevitably like <laughs> I'm gripped to shreds <laughs> down there and I yeah, needed stitches. It was stitches. like open. Yeah, I had Doug look. So I was like, Doug, this doesn't look right. And so any case, the postpartum doctor, she did say that, yes, you have a very small cyst and it could be very uncomfortable for sex or whatnot, but it also might not bother you at all. And she just said, you know, let me know. And then we could lance it. And I'm like, honestly, if it doesn't hurt, then I'm just going to leave it there because lancing my vagina doesn't sound very fun at all. But I also too, I thought the whole plan was after you gave birth was to get the cyst out because it can't turn into something harmful. No. Well, so they wanted to double check it. Like, you know, they want to follow up on it. Did they biopsy it or anything? No. From what they said, it's completely fine. The only thing is that it might be painful for sex, basically, but it's probably fine. And so if it doesn't hurt having sex, then I'm leaving it because I don't want my vagina to be sliced open unnecessarily. (laughs) And then she did say that, you know, if I wanted to work out, I could also start working out, which I need to for mental health. I feel like, you know, the postpartum depression and postpartum blues, I don't know. It's definitely been rough for me this time around. I don't think I really had this with Gracie, did I? No, it hit you differently, this pregnancy, for sure. Uh, You were way more emotional and easily set off with this pregnancy. Yeah, but even just like postpartum, I mean, I couldn't stop crying over anything, like just everything and anything. And I felt foolish. And I'm still a bit struggling, but I'm not nearly as weepy as I was. And so I'm just trying to do things to help my mind heal. And (laughs) honestly, working out something about sweating and just like 20, 30 minutes a day for me, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. But like if I just sweat for like 20 or 30 minutes a day, it really does release endorphins and I do feel happier. So like yesterday, I just went outside and I weeded because the weeds were bothering me anyways. And I wanted to do something to sweat, but I'm not a girl that just like gets on a treadmill. I don't know. That's not who I am. So like I have to be productive essentially. And so yeah. I went outside and I weeded, you know, I feel like I sweat some and I came back inside feeling so much better about myself. Good but, for you. Thank you. So another question that is asked all the time. So I'm not surprised to see it here again. <laughs> and it's what is my last name? Is it Otis or is it Hainer? <laughs> Which is a fair question. Is Otis Shainer. That's what it is. It's a Shainer. <laughs> no. So my last name is obviously Otis. That's my maiden name. And then when I got married, I've always wanted to have the same last name before I have ever had kids. I really wanted my husband and I to have the same last name and that our kids would have the same last name because this sounds so silly, but like in school, you know, I didn't know who my dad was. And so I had my mom's first husband's last name and she had her second husband's last name. And I just hated it. I felt like we weren't one. I felt like we didn't like belong together because every other kid had their parents' last name. And also I didn't have a dad to sign like the dad sign. That is a weird thing. Thinking about your last name, you know, even, I mean, it is your identity as a kid. You know, that's, yeah. that's your name. And yeah, that is so anyways, different. I was just embarrassed about that in school. And so I just always made it my life's mission that I was obviously going to have the same last name as my husband. But then as I got older, and I feel like I like conquered a lot as Jamie Otis, like I really overcame a lot of obstacles 
this is my sister's dad. He's not even my dad because there was a paternity <laughs> test to prove that he's not my dad. And for some reason, well, okay, I felt at first that I have to get rid of this name because it's not mine and it doesn't belong to me. And then I just kind of came one with myself and I was like, I don't care if it is my sister's dad's last name and that he clearly isn't my dad because we had a negative paternity test. This is me. I'm Jamie Otis and I'm not changing that because of some insecurity about not knowing who my father is and all this jazz. And I just felt like I almost like rebelled against my little self in the sense that I didn't want to change my name because I'm like, this is who I am and I've overcome so much. But now that I'm wiser and more mature, I think I just want to go ahead and like hyphen it. I think I'm literally going to change my name again. And it's going to be Jamie Otis Hainer because I don't want to get rid of my last name, my maiden name. Like I feel like that is who I am and I feel at home with it. And But she changed her name as our one year gift. Yeah, I changed it to Jamie Hainer. And it gets very, very confusing because, you know, publicly, (laughs) which doesn't make any sense because I'm a wide open book. So the idea was that publicly I would just say Jamie Otis and no one would have to know that I'm Jamie Hayner, but I tell yeah. the whole world everything anyways. So everyone knows I'm <laughs> Jamie Hayner anyways. And Otis is way easier to say than Hayner. Yeah. And spell. There's that too. Doug was like, you shouldn't change it to Hayner because <laughs> no one will, they'll call you Jamie Henner. Right. <laughs> yeah. But moving on to the next question, which we get a lot, do you stay in touch with your maths fam? And that answer is we try to. Jamie has a lot more contact doing Married at First Sight unfiltered for each of the seasons. And she actually got a chance to chat with some of the new season, the season 11 couples. And certainly Couples Cam helped uh, with the eight other couples that are on Married at First Sight Couples Cam. We stay in touch as much as we can. But everybody lives outside of New Jersey, New York, so it's tough to see them. But yeah. Yeah. And the next question is, is Hendrix tongue-tied? Honestly, we don't know. The pediatrician said no. The lactation consultant said yes. And I was like, let me just see if my nipples heal. And if they do, then what's it matter if he's tongue-tied or not? But honestly, it still hurts when he latches on. It's not nearly as painful. I'm not like crying and clenching my teeth anymore, but it (laughs) still hurts. And I know that breastfeeding is not supposed to hurt. I mean, I nursed Gracie for a year. So I think I am going to go get a third opinion because I think so. I mean, I... It's certainly not affecting his eating. Yeah, no. And that's the thing. They say (laughs) tongue-tied, it will affect their eating and they'll lose weight and whatnot. Boyfriend... is not having any issues there. He is a big, big boy. So (laughs) as of like today, he was in the swing and he fits the entire swing seat. And he's just six weeks old, but he already looks, I mean, that swing should last at least six (laughs) months, but like he looks like he's (laughs) gonna top a lot of it. It's awesome. It feels very (laughs) uh, empowering for me as his mama, because obviously I grew him in my womb and then now he's only surviving off of my breast milk. And it just does feel very, very empowering to me. Not to say that if you feed your baby, you know, <laughs> formula that that shouldn't feel empowering. But I just want to put that out there because I know that some moms have troubles breastfeeding and I get it. So I just definitely want to throw that out there. Yeah. And uh, Jane, why do you call Henley Gracie? Okay. These are like the number one questions that I see all the time. So I'm so happy we're doing this to answer it for everybody. So Henley Grace is her name, is our first daughter's name. And Henley, for those who don't know the story, I thought Doug's last name was Henley because we were married at first sight. <laughs> so we said that we were going to name our first dog. It turns out we wanted to name our, we were like, no, we have to save that for our first kid because we yeah. fell in Henley love. Henley is a really, really pretty name. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know anybody named Henley. Yeah, I love the name Henley so much. But Grace came because we lost her big brother, Jonathan. We delivered him at 17 weeks. And so... I was truly in such a depression for that whole entire time. Like the moment that I lost him all the way until I found out I was pregnant with her. And quite frankly, until I like actually had her, I was 
pretty much in a bit of a depression, like just full of anxiety because we really, really wanted to grow our family and have a baby. And just everything makes you think about your last pregnancy, inevitably, whether you have a full term healthy delivery or not. And my last pregnancy happened to be a loss. And all I could think about was his little face that I, you know, kissed and tried to kiss. And then it was just, it was rough. So anyways, when I got to hold her in my arms, and I got to like, just love on her and kiss her, like, she is literally my saving grace. And so right out of the womb, she was Gracie for me. And she's my little Gracie girl. And I will forever call her Gracie. And I'll probably always answer this question. It's funny, because I've always kind of thought that any person who just names their kid a nickname, or like uses their kid's middle name, like, why don't you just name your kid the middle name? But to me, like now I get Gracie's it. Gracie's a nice little, it's a nice name. Yeah, like we love the name Henley for very obvious reasons. She answers to both. Yeah, she does. She so she's not confused by but it. When she goes to school, she'll be Henley. I mean, yep. Gracie is for our friends because you guys are like family to us. You guys know her as Gracie and anybody who's, you know, close to her knows her as Gracie. But in the world, she'll be Henley, you know. <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Here's a question that I was hoping would come up. So are you letting your family hold or touch the kids yet? And the answer to that is no. Yeah. So I don't know about where you guys are at with the quarantine and COVID-19, but for us, we're at stage two of like kind of opening back up, but mm. we're still very, very careful. We're still quarantining a hundred percent because Hendrix is a newborn. And mm -hmm. the whole point of the home birth was so that we wouldn't catch it because I don't want to be separated yeah. from my newborn, especially because we're exclusively nursing. So we're still very, very careful. It's been hard. It, it has because we were in Florida for a couple months. So that separation from family. And then as soon as we got back, we were forced to quarantine. So really, they didn't have any interaction with them for at least like three or four months by the time we got home. And my parents live 10 minutes away. They're very active in our kids' lives, especially my brother and my sister and their children. And it's been tough, but you know, it's something that we both decided we wanted to do. And we know kind of where our families have been. I mean, my parents aren't going out too much, but still they're going out to get coffee. They're going out to the store like other people. But for us having a newborn, no one knows what will happen to a newborn. Not only that, but I'm scared to death because my dad's a diabetic. He has heart issues. My mom, she had type two diabetes, but they're not spring chickens, <laughs> but, you know, but, <laughs> but they're not old either, yeah, but they <laughs> no. do have some underlying issues. So even if yeah. we are carriers and just to round out the story though, my parents are going to get their COVID test. I think my dad goes today. My mom goes this weekend because my mom's going to be going into surgery, but you know, pending that coming back fully, you know, not having COVID, then yes, they'll be able to come over and grab Henley and finally give her yeah. a hug and a kiss. You know, we'll still keep them away from a newborn, but yeah, but to be honest with that, I'm like, but do they even want to touch our kids? Because what if we have it and we're just silent carriers and then they catch it and they know that they were negative? Like, it's <laughs> so hard, this COVID-19. But anyways, we're trying to maintain the social distancing yeah. still. And I'm still a huge advocate of just throw a mask on when you go out. And even if it isn't to protect you, but you're doing it selflessly to protect others, just just throw a mask on. It's like, funny. I get angry at the people that don't wear masks. It's yeah, weird. Because it's actually very selfish if you're just like, oh, yeah. I don't need to wear a mask. No, maybe you're yeah. fine. But like, what if you're a silent carrier and the old lady that happens to be right. less than six it's feet just away saying, from you? I don't care about anybody else but myself. That's what it's saying. Honestly, it is. And it, so, anyways, I just think everyone should wear a mask. But update on my biopsy. So, I 
did have my six week checkup and I vlogged it as always. And they did do a pap smear to like check up on the HPV. Now I'm just waiting for the results back. I'm not sure yet what's going to happen next. But a lot of times after you deliver a baby at that point, then the HPV is gone. So I'm kind of just hoping and praying for that. But we will keep you updated on that. Mm -hmm. Henley's potty training is going great. Actually, she tells us when she has to go, she can hold it in too. So there hasn't been too many accidents. And some people say that with a newborn, the kid will kind of regress a little bit, but she's, I mean, she, she regresses when it comes to sleeping. Yeah. Sleeping or talking and attention, but no, she really took well to the whole potty training. We have little potty things in every single bathroom. So she even got out of the pool to tell us that she had to go potty. She woke up one night to say that she had to go potty without peeing in the bed. We still keep a diaper on her at night, but throughout the day, she's a potty trained toddler. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. We were 39 weeks pregnant in the midst of the pandemic, the coronavirus, like at the height of it. And I was like, oh, well, I think she's ready. So I guess no better time than now than potty train your baby. And honestly, it worked out. And like just real fast, for those of you who are kind of newer around here, I started to potty train her at 18 months thinking she was ready because she quote unquote gave all the signs. And I read this book that kind of like made me feel like I had (laughs) to potty train trainer otherwise almost like it was embarrassing to like let your kid poop in their pants and I'm like oh yeah that is embarrassing and I should help her learn and it was a disaster I mean she was pooping all over the floor (laughs) like it was a disaster and then I tried again right before she turned two because I was like oh she's much older now I think she really gets it again same exact disaster like she just didn't get it and that's okay doesn't mean that she's not smart or whatever if you were able to potty train your kid at 18 months seriously pat yourself on the back because that's an amazing accomplishment but if you're someone like us and our daughter was two and three quarters to be very very honest and i think what might have also helped is having toys that went potty she had this little fisher price thing that had the potty where you would have to put them on the potty and then it would show pee and then she had a doll that went potty and things so she started to get comfortable with the sound of it yeah the idea of it but either way no matter what age you potty train your kid you're doing okay mama I just felt really down on myself when I didn't work out the first two times. And honestly, I wish I could go back and be like, don't even worry about it. Because, you know, when you're 39 weeks pregnant and she's a little over two and a half, she's going to get it without yeah. you even trying. So, like, don't even worry about it. And <laughs> this question is for Jamie. When did you realize that the experts were correct and you were in love with Doug? Which is two separate questions, to be honest. But yeah. Yeah. So honestly, I started realizing the experts were onto something. Like on the trip over to the honeymoon on the flight, Doug and I talked the whole time on the airplane, which was, I don't know, three hour flight or something like that. And so we literally talked the whole time together and he like rubbed my feet and I got butterflies And I was like, wow, I don't know. And that was only like three days into our marriage, I think, three or four days. Yeah. And so that's when I was kind of like, oh, I kind of like him. And then we got there and he took his shirt off. And I was like, literally like, holy moly, this is my (laughs) husband. (laughs) Like, I can't believe it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And then I don't know if anybody can ever pinpoint an exact time when you know you're in love. I feel like that whole honeymoon experience for us, like I just definitely was in puppy love. Like I just was like butterflies galore. Like I just didn't want to separate myself from him. And then when we got back, they separated us. Like, so I had to go back to my apartment and he had to go back to his house with his parents. (laughs) And I don't remember why they made us separate, but they made us separate that night. And that was definitely a sure sign for me because I missed him and I wanted to talk to him and I called him on the phone 
and he's not much of a phone guy. So like he wasn't really interested in talking too much. And I was like, oh, but I want to like, I didn't want to <laughs> let him go. And we don't still know stayed on the phone for a half hour. Yeah, but that wasn't long enough for me. I was in puppy love. <laughs> <laughs> now, if we were on the phone for a half hour, I'm like, what do you ha- what else, Doug? Like what else? <laughs> yeah, I mean, initially, that's all we had to go on was the experts. It was very isolated. They wanted to keep the couple separated in the first season and second season. They didn't want anybody to know each other. And, you know, now anybody that has watched Married at First Sight up until this one, the couples get together on the honeymoon. They go to the same place. They get to interact. And, you know, for us, all we had to go on was ourselves and what we told the experts. And, you know, it seemed pretty obvious why they put us together. And anytime that we get a lot of questions or have these Q&A, there's always a lot of questions about our current life. And something that I really, really encourage you to check out is Jamie's book, Wifey 101, where you can find it on her website, jamieotis.com. Get a personalized signed copy if you want, but it is truly, truly an inspiring book. Helps get inside the mind of the wonderful and beautiful Jamie Otis. And, oh my goodness. But it is talk about, you know, starting from the bottom and then rising to the top. I mean, I don't think, <laughs> thank you, Doug. I don't quite think it's like that, but I do share a lot of detail about what it was like growing up with, you know, a mom who married a man who was my stepdad who literally beat the pulp out of her and why I feel like my mom did neglect us and abandon us. It wasn't so much because she hates us, but because she had her own coping mechanism ended up being drugs. And so she just couldn't deal. And I also share about, you know, of course, our marriage and the first time I touched my husband's penis. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I joke about how small it is, which isn't even funny. <laughs> so no, it's I not. guess if you want to get an inside look into our life, for because sure. it's not true. You said it was skinny, not small. Oh, I said it was skinny. I don't know what I said. Um, <laughs> but anyways, if you want to get an inside look into our life, definitely, I would love to sign a copy for you. They're available on my website, jamieotis.com. Or if you just want to get like a fast, less expensive version of it, then you could go to Amazon and get it real fast. But back to our questions now. Yes. Cool. So the last question that we have is, why did you change Hendrix's name from Hayes to Hendrix? And then they said, <laughs> I love both names. I'm sure we'll probably get this for a little while more yeah. because we announced We loved Hayes. both names. We yeah. did. We really loved Hayes and Hendrix. Those were the top two for a very long time. Honestly, it was almost like a rush decision because I felt like I had to have a name for my baby before he came out. So we were like, okay, is it Hayes or is it Hendrix? And we decided Hayes felt the most, I don't know, it fit with our family. Like Henley and Hayes sounded nice. Yeah. We just liked Hayes. There was no good reason behind it. And we knew that. And I kind of didn't like that about it because I really wanted there to be some meaning other than the fact that we just liked the name, but there just wasn't any reason behind it. And so it was just some name that we liked and that's what we were going to name him. And then after I delivered him, I literally almost blurted out Hendrix. And And I did the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I I literally had to hold it back and I was like, oh my God, that's not the name we chose. We chose, we chose Hayes. Like, uh uh-oh. And like, and we have a pillow with Hayes on it and we have a plaque name with Hayes on it, like for his room that we had to have changed to Hendrix. And we both said it to each other because it was like, I forget when it was, but I think I brought up where I was like, you know what? I almost called him Hendrix. And Jamie said, oh my God, as soon as he came out, I almost called him Hendrix. So that was when we were just like, all right, well, we didn't sign any papers yet. Yeah. And also Hendrix definitely has way more meaning, but it was a loose meaning. And so I didn't know that it was going to be that significant to us and to me. But now I feel like based on life events that happened. So before we pick the name Hayes, we're on our baby moon and there's a double rainbow, a naturally occurring double rainbow. I feel like I never see those. Like they're very, very difficult to see. So there's a double rainbow 
on our baby moon, which is nuts, right? And so, of course, we have footage of this. We've never shared it. I don't even know where it is. I think it's on Doug's phone. So that was like the first sign that like Jonathan is like looking down on us, kind of like blessing this baby. And it was just so beautiful. And then Hendrix is a double rainbow baby because we had two losses prior to having him, not including Jonathan. We had a chemical pregnancy and then we had a pregnancy at 10 weeks that I lost. So anyways, he's a double rainbow baby. And that was just absolutely incredible. And then the day that I'm due, I go to the midwife to get checked up and there was like this random storm. It wasn't even that severe. It was very mild. And I was driving home and there was a rainbow and I was like, wow, it's his due date. And there's a rainbow like that, like, of course, meant an awful lot to me. And of course, I was like thinking of Jonathan and whatnot. And then right before I have him, we had these maternity pictures taken literally in my backyard because we're obviously quarantined. And there's like this ray of light. And we don't have like a professional photographer, Zoe, who you guys have probably heard me talk about before. She helps us manage this. She's a really good photographer, though. Yeah. She took a picture that happened to be like the rays of sun, like not all of them, but just like a couple in particular, the rays of sun were like just shining down on us as a family, but in particular, like my belly. And I posted it on Instagram because it was beautiful. And it really made me think of Jonathan. And so the name Hendrix is loosely tied to Jimi Hendrix. And his first name was actually John. Johnny or Jonathan, when he was born, he just changed it. And so... And we're not big Jimi Hendrix fans. Yeah, so... It's just, there's a lot of coincidences No, we just love the name Hendrix. I just think that's a really cool name. I just Mm -hmm. envision like a really sweet little boy who follows all the rules. I hope he's like that. Mm -hmm. With like this like rocker name, like Not my son, no way. (laughs) So that's how we ended up getting the name Hendrix is because it is loosely tied to Jonathan. It just kind of almost like he named himself. Like we just like called him that. It was wild. And I love the fact that it's loosely tied to Jonathan and that we're still honoring our angel baby in heaven because I feel like he is definitely always making his presence known. I swear to goodness. But anyways, that was all the questions for us. And next week, oh my goodness, I'm so excited for you guys because we have an amazing guest on next week. We have two women, actually. They are the, I would say, authors, I guess, of this Instagram account. I don't know if you call them authors. They control the Instagram account of Big Little Feelings. And they are literally like my toddler Bible. (laughs) I'm not kidding. (laughs) Like everything they post, it's just like something that's so relevant. And they give such practical tips. And so I asked them to come on the podcast to share with all of us just different tips on parenting in general, but in particular toddler life. And so I like share with them different issues that we have as parents with our toddler and then they help us navigate all of that. So I'm really excited to share that podcast with you guys. Yeah, we love hearing from you always. So definitely feel free to reach out to us, leave a five-star review to give a shout out. And you could always find us on Instagram, Hot Marriage Cool Parents or at Jamie and Otis or at Doug Hainer. We'd love to hear from you and stay safe. We love you. Stay quarantined. Put a mask on, wash your hands and wash your hands. And wear a mask. And then we love you. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you. Bye.